0: ...stopping drinking and then staying quit. Stopping drinking, as we know, is the easy bit, isn't it? Staying off the booze, well, that's the real problem. So let's answer that question. Do you have a problem with alcohol? And the answer is yes. But there's not actually anyone who drinks alcohol that doesn't have a problem with it. Alcohol is in itself a problem. It's not a solution, as many believe. Therefore, if this substance is in your life in any form, you cannot help but have a problem. As you'll discover in this book, alcohol is an addictive toxin packaged in attractive, pretty bottles, marketed with billions of dollars of advertising spend and so deeply ingrained in popular culture that we can no longer see it for what it really is. Now, society would almost certainly suggest that my opening statement is overdramatic. Your alcohol-drinking friends would tell me to stop being so melodramatic. They will probably argue that many millions of people around the world manage to enjoy alcohol responsibly and it doesn't negatively affect their lives in the slightest. Some might go further to suggest that for some, the occasional drink actually improves or enhances their life. However, this counter argument to my opening gambit only holds water if you suspend the reality that alcohol is actually a poison created from the byproduct of decaying vegetable matter. In truth, How can anyone argue that the habitual consumption of a poison is a positive thing? If you replace the poison used in this argument with a different one, let's say we take away alcohol and we switch it and we put hydrogen cyanide there, for example. Can you see how logical the statement then becomes? Would you say someone who consumed cyanide infrequently was a social user or a normal user of that chemical? Yet this is exactly what we do with alcohol, and only because the drug is so firmly ingrained within popular culture that we no longer see it as the poison that it really is. Once you become aware that the emperor isn't actually wearing any clothes at all, and realise that alcohol is none of the things that the marketing suggests it is, only then can you start to deconstruct some of the popular language used surrounding its use. We talk of these normal and social drinkers, the people who can consume alcohol at parties and social occasions but don't appear to be dependent on it to remain functional. Of course, even the most hardened alcoholic at some point was what we would describe as a social drinker. He didn't just wake up one morning an alcoholic. He wasn't born an alcoholic. He wasn't craving booze from the moment he was born. Before the mousetrap of alcoholism snapped close on them, they also were considered just as normal as the next guy. The poor problem drinkers looked at those people and wondered why. Why couldn't they drink like them? Little did they know that these people would then go on to become problem drinkers themselves. And so the cycle continues. Social drinkers become alcohol-dependent problem drinkers. And instantly, in the eyes of society, they stop being normal and they become something different. They become weak-willed, pitiful, sad people for who, some reason, can't consume an addictive toxin and stay in control of it. Alcohol is many things, but it certainly is none of the glitzy, life-enhancing things that we're told it is by the advertising agencies, or collectively endorsed lies that we've been handed down from generation to generation. We believe that booze makes a party go with a swing, and yet the next day we happily use words of destruction to describe what a great time we had. We stare out from bloodshot eyes, with a tongue that feels like a butcher's chopping block, and we gleefully report that last night we were trashed, slaughtered. Mashed, hammered, destroyed, wasted, or a hundred other different terrible adjectives that now apparently mean something good happened to us. The marketing for alcohol would have you believe that by simply drinking their specific brand of attractively packaged poison, you'll turn into the next Brad Pitt or L. MacPherson. This is bullshit. Because in reality, we know just how good a drunk actually looks to us when we're sober, don't we? whether they're male or female, is there perhaps anything less attractive than having someone come up to you stinking of booze, slurring a chat-up line as a little bit of clear drool drips from the corner of their mouth? Forget the advertising spiel. The only way you will get more sex whilst on alcohol is to find someone willing, Oh, look, maybe not even willing, maybe just able to nod consent, who is equally as drunk as you. Now, does that make you a sex symbol if you have to use a drug to get the opposite sex to sleep with you. The more you think about what you're doing, the more ridiculous it appears. You must surely have heard that if you can afford to pay astronomical amounts of money for your alcohol, then that makes you not an alcoholic, but rather a connoisseur. A person who appreciates the finer things in life. Oh yes, listen to a wine expert talk about the latest...